The Manhattan City and Riley County Commissions met jointly Thursday to discuss possible housing incentive programs. The City Commission laid out some of the groundwork they are working on for a Rural Housing Incentive District resolution to eventually be sent on to the Kansas Department of Commerce. Mayor Wynn Butler says he wants both commissions to be on the same page before any resolution is sent off to the state. So primarily what we're interested in is, uh, you know, are there, you know, major negatives that we need to think about because there is some flexibility in how this is structured. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. The commission is focused on workforce housing and city officials are trying to make those projects more financially interesting to property developers. Manhattan City Commissioner Peter Opelt. Developers just simply can't build a house in that price point um, without some sort of assistance. It's just not, it's not going to happen. A rural housing incentive district captures the increase in real property taxes created by a housing development project for up to 25 years. The revenue can then be used for reimbursement for incurred costs or to pay debt service on bonds. Riley County officials agreed Thursday to hold a work retreat in the future to further discuss facility upgrades and how to fund them. Commissioners were presented with several ways to pay for upgrades, either by bonding or possibly utilizing sales tax, but decided to have a more in-depth conversation first on what upgrades are needed. Commission Chair John Ford. I'm still of the opinion that having everybody on board for at least a single discussion would be a great place to start. And then by all means, if the priority after that is what it is, then, you know, so be it. Commissioners came to consensus yesterday that the issue of courtroom space was likely the top priority. Much like we did with the EMS station, we had several discussions and came to a collective that that was the direction that we needed to go. That was the immediate and pressing priority. And I think that's what we need to do here. And then step by step, we figure out what direction to go and start moving our feet that way. No date was scheduled for a retreat. The first discussion item will be to determine if the former First Christian Church building, which the county owns, can be used to help with courthouse space needs. It was designated an historic site in 2021. Authorities say the shooting incident at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl celebration appeared to have stemmed from a personal dispute and not an act of terrorism. Kansas City Police Chief Stacy Graves confirmed yesterday there were 23 victims total, including one fatality. Three people were detained, including two teenagers who remain in custody. The third person was released. No charges have been filed, but charges are expected. Police say the shooting occurred on the west side of Union Station. Several firearms were recovered. The one person killed was a 43-year-old Kansas City area radio DJ. Riley County Police Department Director Brian Pete spoke Thursday to the Riley County Commission about a large-scale active shooter training he's planning here in the area later this year. No date has been scheduled for when that will take place, but Pete says he has meetings scheduled with several top officials, including the head of the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, as well as officials from Fort Riley and the FBI. We're looking at doing this as a three-day course. Uh, I've also been in contact with the uh, the Chamber of Commerce, and we're in the, the early initial stages of what venue here in the county, in the Manhattan area, that would be able to host a few hundred officers and mental health professionals coming in here because that's what the anticipation is. In the near term, Pete says police are coordinating their response ahead of Fake Patty's Day. As noted earlier in the week, police opted not to ask for additional help from outside the community. Kansas Highway Patrol and KSU police will be on hand to assist. Officers during the day, our responsibility is going to be to look for these hot spots. And then if you see them starting to grow out of control, then we're looking at ordinance violations and citations to try to keep them from growing to a point that we can no longer uh, effectively <laughs> or influence the behavior that's going on there. Fake Patty's Day is March 2nd. A Manhattan High School employee was battered Wednesday while trying to break up a fight between two students. 
RCPD says a report for aggravated battery was filed just before 11.30 a.m. Wednesday. A 36-year-old woman and a 14-year-old boy were both listed as victims. The woman had been intervening and was battered in the process by a 15-year-old boy. No arrests were noted, and police released no further details due to the age of the victims. A Manhattan woman was arrested on a Riley County District Court warrant Wednesday, charging her with aggravated assault. RCPD says 41-year-old Nicole Mallett was taken into custody in the 800 block of Dondi Drive. The warrant stemming from an alleged incident last June where she's accused of driving an SUV at two different women. Mallett is no longer in custody after posting a $5,000 bond. And Kansas Governor Laura Kelly is in Manhattan later today to deliver the Landon Lecture at Kansas State University. The lecture will center around the health of the state of Kansas, its residents, and its politics. It is free and open to students, faculty, staff, and the public. Her speech will help celebrate the 161st anniversary of the founding of the university. It is the first Landon Lecture since November of 2022. It begins at 1130 in Forum Hall. Good morning, I'm Troy Coverdale with your sports headlines as K-Man's Morning News continues. The first seed reveal in preparation for the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament next month has K-State at number 13. The Wildcats into the top 16 seeds that were shown last night as they prepare for a home matchup with UCF at 4 tomorrow afternoon. The 21-4 Wildcats find themselves within a field of potential seeds that includes the defending champions from LSU at number 14 and traditional power UConn at number 12. They would be one of two teams seeded from the Big 12 if the tournament brackets were announced today officially. The other would be Texas at number 8. The top four teams... South Carolina, Stanford, Ohio State, and Colorado. The coverage of the Cats against UCF tomorrow afternoon getting underway at 3.30 here on News Radio KMAN and on Sunny 1025. The women's tilt is the second half of a double dip at Bramlage, the men hosting TCU to start the day at 11. They are turning people over more, and they get out and they play fast. Um, they've got the, the third oldest team in Division One basketball. They're never out of a game. Like, they just... It doesn't matter if they're down big. They just seem to just just keep grinding, keep grinding. Jamie does a really good job with those guys. So uh, they're, they're tough to play against and tough to prepare for. And Cats coach Jerome Tang's team off since last Saturday's bid at a comeback win at BYU. We are where we thought we could be right now. Okay, we're 6-5. and five. We have, no, five, what is 5-6, and six, and we have four more home games. I feel like we're in a good spot. I, I really believe, and I know people have crunched numbers and did different things like that. I don't think it matters. Nine wins in this league, and you're going to go to the NCAA tournament. And I think there are going to be some teams in our league that have seven or eight wins that will get in. Coverage at 10 tomorrow morning on News Radio KMAN and 101.5 K Rock. Tonight's high school basketball slate for the region's teams. Manhattan's boys and girls visit Washburn Rule with our coverage at 5:45 on News Radio KMAN. Junction City visits Emporia. Wamigos boys and girls play at Concordia. Riley County travels to Rossville. Silver Lake is at Rock Creek. Frankfort travels to Washington County, and Blue Valley Randolph will host Axtell. The new baseball season starts tonight for K-State as it opens against Cal in a nationally televised affair in Scottsdale, Arizona. We all came here for expectations, and you know I'm not so sure the expectations were there earlier, but um, our kids have earned the right and, and, and commanded the right to have high preseason expectations. And 
We just need to sustain them. Pete Hughes' team to start the year at 7 on MLB Network tonight. Streaming on NewsRadioKMAN.com will get underway at 6.30. They'll continue the MLB Desert Invitational tomorrow against Boston College. And again Sunday, they match up with Georgetown, both of those games at 1. Boys Regional Wrestling gets underway this morning with the second-ranked team in 6A, Manhattan, in a field that also includes rivals Washburn, Rule, and Junction City. The 6A Regional at Wichita North High School starting at 11. Wamego and Rock Creek's teams are headed to Colby for the 4A affair. Riley County is wrestling at Rossville in the 3A tournament today. Reports get underway this morning at 11. They'll continue through the next two days on News Radio KMAN. Consensus All-American and two-time Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year Cooper Beebe has been named the Big 12 Football Scholar-Athlete of the Year in a vote of the league's coaches. Beebe becomes the third Wildcat to gain that honor since the award's inception in 2012, joining wideout Tyler Lockett and offensive lineman Adam Holtorf. K-State Librero, Mackenzie Morris was named the Volleyball Scholar-Athlete of the Year as well Thursday, becoming the first player in conference history to earn that academic award twice. Morris is just one of two players in program history to earn the distinction all-time, alongside Libero Kirsten Kober, who picked up the honor in 2015. The mass shooting that unfolded amid throngs of people at the Chiefs' Super Bowl celebration on Wednesday, killing one and wounding more than two dozen, appeared to stem from a dispute between several people, authorities said Thursday. Police Chief Stacy Graves saying that the 23 injured in the shooting ranged between the ages of 8 and 47, half under the age of 16. Among those helping in the moments after the shooting, members of the Chiefs team and staff, including Ladarius Sneed. Oh, yeah, definitely. I said, me, I was trying to be a hero myself, you know, <laughs> trying to find the kids and trying to look for the bad guy myself and, you know, just hopefully I'm happy everyone, you know, came out safe and everyone who was involved and got hurt, you know, trying for their family. Two juveniles remain detained by Kansas City police, but charges have not yet been filed. Caitlin Clark wasted no time becoming the NCAA's career-scoring leader for women, taking less than three minutes to score the eight points needed to break Kelsey Plum's record last night. She did it with a signature shot, a 35-foot three-pointer that hit nothing but the bottom of the net. She didn't let up from there either. She finished with a school record 49 points, tied her career best by hitting nine three-pointers, and dished out 13 assists in number 4 Iowa's 106-89 win over Michigan. Coming up today on News Radio KMAN, we will have wrestling regional reports beginning at 11 o'clock for you. At 5.45, it's Manhattan High Basketball this evening as the Indians travel to Washburn Rule for a girls-boys doubleheader. The game will lead into that starting at 4 this afternoon. K-State Baseball will air tonight online at NewsRadioKMAN.com. They get the season started at 7 against Cal. Our coverage to begin online at 6.30. That's what's happening today at News Radio KMAN.